following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten podcast. Here's your host, Jake Pratinsky. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Pratinsky. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts for daily Buffalo Bills content on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Herd and 10, or just search Herd and 10 podcast. You'll find us there. We always are posting good content. So yes, this is a weekly show. Yes, I'm reviewing news from the entire week. But if you want news up to the minute, if you want breaking news, trending news, anything going on about the Bills every single day, check out any of our social media accounts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I've been saying this now every episode, please go give us a five-star review. It will help boost our audience. It will help get us found by new listeners. So I would really appreciate if you went and hit that five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. So let's get right into this episode. We're going to have a guest later on in the show. But right now, we got a few different topics to talk about. They're specifically regarding contracts because, of course, the bills are close to the cap. They need to make some adjustments. They need to maybe cut some players, renegotiate, sign some players. They have a lot to do this offseason. And not that much time to do it. So they've gone ahead and started to really take control of this. They have signed star safety Micah Hyde to a two-year deal. Now, he wasn't actually up this year. He wasn't going to be up till next season, but he would be an unrestricted free agent. So the Bills, I think, just went ahead and wanted to extend him now get him at a half-decent price. They got him on a two-year extension worth $19.25 million. Now, I've pulled up what the top safeties are getting paid, and it's actually quite a reasonable deal for Hyde at roughly $9.6 million, so somewhere between $9 and $10 million he's making. Jordan Poyer is going to be making something similar. I think it's going to be about $9.75. Average annual salary will be that. Um, That puts them at number 11 and number 12 for the highest paid safeties. That seems pretty reasonable. I would argue that the the two together as a tandem place them probably in the top three to to top five range, but they're being paid as a almost sub top 10. So that seems very reasonable. Of course, Hyde is nearing the end of his career. Poyer, I believe, is a little younger. So there's obviously... Um, that difference, which is why Poyer is getting a, a little bit more money. 
But when you look at the two, like I said, they really belong in at least the top five. So to me, if you're getting them in the top 10 range price-wise, that's pretty solid. I'm pretty happy with that. I think it's a good extension. I think it's nice to know now that the Bills are good to go in the defensive backfield. They got Tredavious White locked up. They got Jordan Poyer locked up. And now they have Micah Hyde locked up. So they have all these guys locked up, good to go. So that at least is taken care of. Now I think it's really going to come down to opposite Tredavious White finding that other cornerback because it's probably not Levi Wallace. It's definitely not Josh Norman. So they're going to have to find someone there. But I think at this point in time, it feels pretty good to know that you have three really good veteran players in White, Hyde, and Poyer. You know that that's going to be good. You just need to solve a couple other things and it might come through the draft because you're going to have to find some savings. Because even though Poyer and Hyde are being paid the 11th most and 12th most in safeties, that's still a lot of money. Between the two, give or take, it's $20 million per year. It's a whole lot of money. And with that, the Bills are going to have to find savings. And that takes me to the next topic. And that's the offensive line. The Bills have already begun to get some savings there. They have gotten Mitch Morse, center for the Buffalo Bills, to take a $2 million pay cut. So, awesome to hear that. It's it's more of a restructure. I think some articles are referring to it as a pay cut. But then again, it is a restructure because it notes that he can earn some of that back through different incentives. Now, they haven't specified what those incentives are, but I would imagine it's probably related to playing time, making the Pro Bowl, maybe the Bills making the playoffs or winning the Super Bowl, those types of incentives. But the key here is the Bills have gone ahead and they've saved some money there. That's $2 million. That's a big deal, especially for a team like the Bills that are going to be right up against the cap. Now, I want to just take a step back and look at why the Bills would have done this. Not just not just on the surface where, yeah, sure, they did it because they want to save some money. Yeah, of course, that's why they did it. But why with Mitch Morse? Where did they have leverage to be able to do that? So I want to review Mitch Morse's career with the Bills so far because they brought him in. And when they brought him in, he was, I believe, either the He was in the top three highest paid centers when he got his deal. And I believe he's still got to be in the top few centers in the league when you look at an average annual salary. And that's a concern. I think it's a concern for for me. I'm sure for a lot of you. But I'm sure it's also something that the Bills were concerned about because you're paying this guy a lot of money. And he's had a lot of injuries it really needs to be noted here that Mitch Morse prior to coming to the bills suffered from concussions and with the bills, if I'm not mistaken, he's had at least two concussions and they've both been significant where he's missed some time. I don't believe he's played a complete season yet with the bills. And look, a lot of times guys don't. But when you look at offensive linemen, a lot of times you expect them to be pretty durable. You expect them to play pretty much every game. And when you're paying a guy this much, 
you really expect that. Now, this season, he was set to make $7.025 million. It got it right in front of me. With a cap hit of just over $10 million at $10.34 million, which is a ton. Now, the Bills could have cut him and taken on the $5.5 million in dead money. So they basically would have saved, we'll call it $5 million, a little under. That would have been a nice savings. And I personally thought they were going to cut him, especially because his assortment of injuries. It's a lot of money to be blowing on a guy that's getting injured a lot. Now, I like Mitch Morris. He's been really good when he's played, but he's been injured a lot. It also should be noted, the Bills had a terrible run block And he's part of that problem. Because I remember specifically when he was out and John Feliciano stepped in, our run game was a little better. It wasn't significantly better, but it was better. And he was making, what, a quarter of what Mitch Morse was making? Now, John Feliciano is a free agent, so I don't know if the Bills are going to keep him. What I thought prior to knowing this restructure I thought maybe the Bills were going to move on from Morse, take that $5 million, use it however they see fit, but sign John Feliciano, maybe even let John Feliciano play as your center if you can't find something else that's cheaper. Because Feliciano has shown that he can do both. He can play center, he can play guard. He can do sort of whatever you need. So, I like that. You maybe you pay him whatever 7-8 million, but he can do a couple different things. Morse is just a center, and of course, he's got his injury issues. Now, the Bills did this because they obviously were considering cutting Mitch Morse. Because there's no way Mitch Morse would agree to a 2 million dollar pay cut or go into a contract restructure, I'll air quote that if he didn't think he could get cut. He obviously felt that he was potentially on the outside looking in and he decided, you know what? If the Bills are going to cut me, I mean, I don't want to leave. I want to play on a good team. I still want to be a part of this team. And the Bills said, well, if you want to be a part of this team, you're going to have to take quite a bit less money. You're going to have to take a decent size hit. Two million in the grand scheme of things, you don't think it's a lot because yeah, when you have a when you have a budget of 180 million for salaries, yeah, two million doesn't sound like a lot. But for a guy like Mitch Morse, when he's making seven million and he has to cut that by two million, it's significant. That's a big cut. And honestly, I would imagine we're going to see some more of this. I think I talked about it in the last episode or even the the episode before that. John Brown is likely going to end up in a similar situation. These veteran players that have had some injuries have performed okay, but not necessarily performed at the level that they're being paid to perform at, are going to be forced to take pay cuts. Or they're going to have to get cut or traded. I mean, but it's tough. It's tough to trade guys like this. Like a Mitch Morse, very hard to trade him. He's making a lot of money. He's good ways through his career. It's a tough player to move. And that's why he took the, the pay cut. Because it's either get cut and end up with a lot less or take a pay cut and get to stay on a really good team. And I think, like I said, we're going to see this with guys like John Brown. I think we're going to see stuff like this. You're going to have to. 
you need guys to be willing to take a little money off the top so that they can be on a good team. See, that's the thing. Mitch Morse could have said, you know what? Forget it. I'm not taking a pay cut. Cut me. I want to play on another team. But he wants to be a part of the Buffalo Bills. These guys want to be a part of a great team. Of course, the money's important. Of course, they want to make millions. But they already have, firstly, in a guy like Morse. And second of all, they want to win. They're football players at heart. Yes, they want to make money, but that's not really the main reason they're playing. At least the majority of them. They're there to play and win. And I think to a lot of them, there's nothing better than being on a really good team and having a really good shot at a Super Bowl. And the Bills are that. They're a really good team with a really good shot at making the Super Bowl and maybe even winning it. So it makes sense for a guy like Mitch Morse to take a pay cut like this. So, in a nutshell, the Bills are making some big moves here. They're forcing good players on their team to take less money. And that's something the Bills have not seen in decades. I remember when the Bills traded for LaShawn McCoy. I was so excited because the Bills were finally getting a really good running back. A, a real superstar who's coming from another team in his prime. But I remember when he came, we had to sweeten the deal and give him some extra money. It's amazing how things have changed. The Bills don't need to do that. They have a good player in Mitch Morse who's willing to take less money to stay with the team. And I'll bet you the same thing's going to happen with John Brown. He's going to want to stay on this good team, be a part of this incredible receiving core with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, maybe Isaiah Hodgins if he plays this season. There's just so many good players, and he wants to be a part of that. He wants to be a receiver to Josh Allen. Well, if he wants to do that and he wants to stay on the team, he's got to take a pay cut just like Mitch Morse just did. So I think we're going to see more of this. I think this is the storyline here this week because I think we're going to see more. At this point in time, Mitch Morse is the only one to do that. But who knows, by the time this episode comes out on Friday, maybe there'll be more Bills that have adjusted their contracts to stay on the team. Because if you want to be on a good squad and you want to win the Super Bowl, you're all going to have to chip in. And that may include a guy like Josh Allen Taking a massive deal, but taking a little bit less so the Bills can keep some really talented players. So that wraps up the first part of this show. And in just a moment, after a quick break, we're going to have on Mike Mailer. He's a sports editor for the Niagara Gazette and the Lockport Journal. So he's always writing content, has a lot of Great knowledge to bring to the table. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. And I hope you all enjoy it as well. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll be talking to Mike Mailer. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Thank you. 
Hey Bills Mafia, this has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd in 10 podcast. As we mentioned earlier, we have an exciting guest in Mike Mailer on. Mike Mailer is a sports editor for Niagara Gazette and the Lockport Journal. So he's putting out content constantly. He's also got a great Twitter account. So if you love sports, he's a great guy to follow as well there too. Mike, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your content? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike Myler. I-K-E-M-E-I-L-E-R. It's where we, we like to share all of our stuff. For sure. So let's get right into, I think the biggest topic of the week probably is the Micah Hyde two-year extension. Now, I talked about this in the earlier part of this episode, but just to reiterate, it's a two-year extension. It's coming on next season, even though he's got one more year with the Bills. It's a pretty big deal. But it's not a massive deal. And of course, he's a top talent around the entire NFL. Do you think it was a good deal? Do you have any concerns about the deal? Do you feel like maybe the Bills needed to save that money? How happy are you with the two-year extension of Micah Hyde? I think uh, he's a good guy to have around. Um, You know, uh, it's not a ton of term. He is on the wrong side of 30, um, but he hasn't really shown any signs of, of slowing down yet. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised because it, it did seem like a position where maybe they had a guy in-house who could fill in in, in a Jaquan Johnson um, if you know money's going to be tight like we assume it is down the road. Um, but it's not like they gave him a huge, uh, a huge money uh, or huge bunch of extra money it's not, it seems like they kind of just extended what they already had going I mean I'm, I don't think anyone's going to complain about a couple extra years on my guide yeah that makes sense look I, I'm happy with it just because I know that we then have a veteran now for a few more years and of course he's got his 
favorite teammate in Jordan Poyer also on an extension. So I think it's more that, of course, you want to get those savings, but you also want to keep players together that really are good together. I feel like if you're keeping Jordan Poyer, you almost have to keep Micah Hyde. It seems like the two together are what makes them special. It's not that they're not good players. I think they're both individually talented, but I think together they're top three or top five safety combo. And that's probably the key in in why they signed him. And it probably gave him a little bit of leverage because he's saying, hey, if you want to keep me, you're going to have to pay me a little bit. And, you know, I make Jordan Poyer better too. So he's got some arguments there as well. On another topic, we have the NFL draft just around the corner. The Bills have a lot of different position groups that they need to fill. But is there one in particular that you feel they need to desperately fill and that it's something that they could actually accomplish in the draft and and avoid a situation where they bring in a guy who doesn't pan out? Is there a position group that you feel like they could solve in the draft and it would actually be perfect starting next season without any need to bring in veterans of any sort? I think the easiest one would be offensive line. Um, there's a lot of guys that are going to be available. Uh, Liam, uh, I can't even think of his last name. The guy with the long E last name from Notre Dame is a guy that's been mocked out to the Bills a bunch of times. Uh, there's some other guys down there. And, and I think it's easier to work in uh, an offensive lineman that doesn't necessarily need to be an impact player to be an improvement. You know, they, I mean, the Bills offensive line was solid last year, but unspectacular. I think you can get a guy who can start from day one and fill one of those positions. Whereas if you look, you know, at the defensive line, for instance, there might be a little bit more of a learning curve, a little bit more of a, of a hit or miss type of guy. And I don't think, you know, if if you're going to be a good team with, with a quarterback on a big deal, like, like the Bills are going to have to try to be for a couple of years, you've got to have, you got to make sure that you make your draft picks work. So I don't think they should, uh, I think they should play it safe a little bit. It's not always fun, uh, but I think that's probably their best move. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that that's probably the safe route and it's probably the best route because the bills are, they don't need any huge, incredible picks that end up being superstars. Of course you always hope for that, but I think the bills are at the point. They're just looking for some filler players, just a couple more pieces. You talk about bringing an offensive lineman. I just hope that that guy who they bring in isn't another Cody Ford. In my opinion, Cody Ford at this point is a bust. And I think some of our listeners are not going to like that comment because I think a lot of people think that there is potential, that there is some meat on that bone. But to be honest, I don't think we've seen enough from him to even think that he should be playing next season. Maybe he's a backup just because he's on his rookie deal still. But I think it's going to be tough for him to make that starting lineup, even though Sean McDermott seems to really like Ford and want to give him opportunities. I just don't think Ford necessarily has the skill set for it. He doesn't have the footwork. And I guess that's really what I'm hoping that they can get in this draft. I'm on the same page as you. I think they need to bring in an offensive lineman, likely probably a guard who's quick enough that can really help in the run block. There has been some talk that Richie Incognito could be a solid pickup for the Bills. Now, as we know, Incognito had his ups and downs with the Bills when he was with us. He was great at times. He made the Pro Bowl. But then, of course, his departure wasn't the greatest. And I don't know if the city of Buffalo really wants him back. 
but he is a really good veteran lineman who really could boost this line. Do you feel like that's something we should be considering, especially given that he's at the end of his career and we might be able to get him for like a minimum deal, maybe a one year, one, $2 million deal. I think you look into everything, um, you know, the builder in a spot that they haven't been in a very long time and that you kind of give Bean and McDermott and, and everybody up there in the front office, the benefit of the doubt. So if they brought in a guy like incognito, I, I would trust that they had contacts with people, with people over at the Raiders and, and uh, you know, other people involved with him over the last you know couple of years since he left Buffalo, kind of see where he's at um, just, you know, mentally Uh you know, Deion Dawkins is still here. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they have a little bit of a relationship. It seemed like they they liked each other enough from when they from their short time together. But you don't have guys, you know, you don't have an Eric Wood there. Uh, I mean, Dawkins maybe. Dawkins might be that kind of player who could kind of keep Incognito, uh, you know, focused on the straight and narrow, however you want to put it. Um, you know, the, the kind of way that Eric Wood did. So uh, I wouldn't hate it. I, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't expect it and I wouldn't get, um, but, I, but I would trust the bills if they did it. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like I like that you say that you'd trust the bills if they did it. I feel like that's something that is amazing about this bills organization. Now we actually trust them to make those correct decisions and sure. Not every move you make is going to be perfect, but they've made so many good moves. Brandon Bean has made so many good draft picks and trades you got to just believe the guy that if he does something, he's seeing something. And if we're not seeing it, he's seeing something that we can't see. He's seeing the future. He's seeing the potential. So I, I put a lot of trust in Brandon Bean. And I love some of the things they've done even in the last couple of weeks. Obviously signing Hyde, but also getting the contract restructure with Mitch Morse. The Bills have now saved $2 million there. And I feel like there's a lot more situations to come where veterans on the bills are going to be taking some pay cuts. I think players really want to play in Buffalo. They want to play for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And that's why they can afford to take pay cuts like that. Now, final topic here is the tight end position, because we know the tight end position has been a bit of an issue for the bills. The last couple of years, Dawson Knox came in in his rookie season. He showed glimpses of being a star. You could see that he made some really big plays. He was fast. He had good hands at times. And it looked like he might become something and become maybe a top 10, top 15 tight end. Now, after last season, I think a lot of people are not feeling so hot about Dawson Knox. He didn't have a particularly good season. He struggled throughout the season. And the Bills clearly need to fill that tight end one slot. Jonu Smith could be an option from the Tennessee Titans. He's going to be a free agent and he's due for a pretty big contract. Now, looking at the top 10, you have Darren Waller at number 10 earning 7.45 million. So you got to figure he's going to be getting at least that a season. The question becomes not only Sure, Jonu Smith could be a great addition, but is it worth blowing that kind of money to bring in a tight end of his caliber, in your opinion? I love Jonu Smith as a player. I've always even, you know, admired the, the way the Titans use their tight ends, both him and Delaney Walker before him. 
Um, he would definitely give the Bills a, a dimension that they don't have, or at least a consistency that they don't have, like you mentioned with, with Knox's struggles. But I can't imagine them, uh, I can't see them spending at that position right now because I think, you know, there, there are other issues that are going to need to be solved. You know, a second cornerback, defensive line help is way up on my list or offensive line help if they don't do that in the draft um, where you don't necessarily have the, the best version of the Buffalo Bills next year is going to be if Dawson Knox works up to his potential, which is still sky high, even though he hasn't um, played that way consistently. Um, I just don't think they're going to bring in a, a, a 1A type of tight end that they're going to spend money on um, with other holes on the roster. Yeah, look, it's a, it's hopeful to think they'll bring him in, but it's true. There's there's just not that much money to spend here. I mean, personally, I do think it's really important. But like you said, maybe Dawson Knox will do enough this year. Maybe he won't take a leap forward, but maybe he can take a step forward. We don't need a great tight end, but we do need a good tight end to complete that roster, right? You have so many good receivers, and the Bills could be losing John Brown. I don't know. But they're definitely going to need something from that tight end position. Of course, Lee Smith might be retiring. You have Tyler Croft, who's likely not going to re-sign with the Bills. So regardless, they're going to have to bring someone in, yeah. But the question is, can they bring in a guy of that caliber? Can they spend eight-plus million dollars per year to bring in a tight end? Because the last time they did that, it didn't pan out. So I don't know if the Bills should be doing that. Maybe they should be focusing on those other positions like you talked about. How excited are you for this upcoming season? Because we've had so many years as Bills fans where there's not so much to look forward to or we're just looking forward to preseason to see all the quarterbacks and see which one's going to win the quarterback battle. Of course, the Bills don't have that anymore because they have Josh Allen. How excited are you that the Bills are coming from making the AFC championship and now they're coming in and they're probably going to be better this year, or we're hoping they're going to be better. How excited are you to just get this season going? <laughs> Especially with the way the Sabres are playing. I'm excited for anything good to happen. Um, it's, it's a weird place to be because for, you know, I'm, I'm 31 and for my 25 years of, of paying attention to sports, nothing very good has happened um, in Buffalo. So it's, it's uh it's weird to have expectations. It's, it's going to be a different experience this year because I, I, I don't know, I, you know, the bills go 11 and five with, you know, I just peeked at their schedule and, you know, if that looks like, you know, a minimum season they, they should have, is that good enough? Is that, you know, if they're not winning, if they're not beating the jets by 20, are we all, all going to lose our minds? It's, it's a, uh, it's a weird it's weird to have a level of comfort with this team and, and kind of saying, you know, even if they have a bad game here or there or a couple bad plays or somebody goes down or something like that, that the, the real uh, tough part of the season doesn't, I mean, they, they should be a playoff lock and it's kind of weird to um, have to not really have to worry about the regular season too much on a week to week basis. So true. The nerves this season, I feel like, are going to be sky high. I'm already feeling nervous because, like you talked about, if the Bills lose one game or don't blow the Jets out, we're going to be panicking. I feel like the expectations are just so damn high. 
what we want from this team, what we need from this team is pretty much Super Bowl, right? Or at the very least, you got to make the Super Bowl. At this point, we're hoping. So if you lose one bad game during the season, I just, I can only imagine the radio listening to it Sunday (laughs) afternoon after the game, people just panicking. I do feel like that's the biggest thing, but that's also what makes it so exciting, right? The fact that it's, what is it now? Not even mid-March and I'm already nervous about the season, but that's what makes it so amazing. And like you said, obviously with the Sabres, you know, not a whole lot of uh, positivity in Buffalo right now, but Look, uh, Mike, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Look, it's great to chat to another Bills fan. It's great to get your take on some of this stuff. I appreciate you coming on and giving your your honest opinion about the draft, about the tight end position and some of those things. So thank you for coming on. And look, I hope we can have you on again because it's uh, great to have a nice, just casual Bills talk with, a, with another Bills fan. So thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jake, thanks for reaching out again. It was fun. And and uh, yeah, if you ever want to do it again, you know where to find me.